in a crude laboratory in the basement of his home. And welcome to the CEO Raider podcast. It's your host, John Mayetta. If you like the podcast, leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe at Apple Podcasts. Episode 100, December 26th. I had a feeling we'd probably sneak in number 100 prior to the end of the year. Today I wanted to talk about sort of a corporate governance issue largely. also touches a little bit on tech with regard to Under Armour founder, CEO Kevin Plank. There's an article posted to the Wall Street Journal talking about how some of, some of Under Armour's institutional investors are concerned with Plank's activities, business activities outside of Under Armour where he has a private holding company that houses a number of different uh, private company interests. And my perspective on, on that is that while you have the CEO title, you shouldn't have any outside interests where you're uh, in any way involved in the operation. That's been the case for me personally as a senior exec. I think that's the, the case for most senior executive appointments where uh, if you're sort of VP, SVP, probably even for most middle management positions with not only public companies but, but private companies, it, it's very commonplace that you have to sign an, an employee agreement whereby you attest to not having any operating interest outside the company. It, it's, it's one thing to work for company A and to have a stock holding in, in a publicly traded company outside of a 401k program. Um, and there's some regulatory issues around that if you happen to work for an investment bank. But if you're working for an operating company as a senior exec and you hold stock outside of a 401k plan and an option plan, that's fine. But, but to have an operating interest in a company or companies, portfolio companies that you founded, where that holding entity or any of the operating entities in that holding company outside of the company in which you run as CEO, you know, that, 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 that's taking time from your core interest, which is the company in which you're CEO. And that sort of breaks the trust that you have with investors. So in the case of Kevin Plank, if, if you're you know, CEO of Under Armour, you have sort of a fiduciary responsibility, if you will, with your institutional investors. And that responsibility is that time you spend, quote-unquote, at work is going to be focused on Under Armour and not other operating entities. And I think the, the Wall Street Journal is probably just picking on Under Armour in this case because their stock is off about 45% year-to-date. And they've been in the, the paper quite a bit because of the fact that the stock's been off all year. And I think it's fair in doing so, but if you're going to do it, call out some of the other CEOs. Look at Jack Dorsey, founder, CEO of Twitter, founder, CEO of Square. 
concurrently CEO of two publicly traded companies. Outrageous, I think, that investors would invest in either company, knowing that Jack splits time. I just think it's outrageous because he's clearly breaking that trust. And in the case of Kevin Plank, I think it's you know, it's a big no-no for the corporate governance reason that I articulated, where you're breaking the fiduciary trust. But then increasingly, apparel is becoming more and more technology-oriented. And not only the, you know, some of the, the, the fabrics used in the manufacture of, of these uh, athletic garments, not only are the fabrics becoming more and more sophisticated and, in a sense, are technology assets, if you will, there's certainly IP embedded in those those fabrics, but then you start to think about wearables, uh, nanotechnology, uh, the things that aren't too far off from being sort of mainstream. And we are still, as much success as Under Armour has had over the years, there's still sort of a distant third to... Nike and Adidas, when you think about just size. And so as the the upstart under armor, you, you've got to be quick, quick to react to market changes, customer tastes, quick to lead the pack, not that it's entirely re- reactionary, but you as the, the quick nimble player want to be the one to sort of set the trends. You want to be the one to lead change with bleeding edge technologies. And if your CEO is focused on other things, you're going to miss the boat on a lot of those opportunities. Even if, I don't know what percentage of Plank's time he's spending outside of Under Armour. But outside of family, sort of charity, non-work related activities, Outside of the work week, you just you, you can't afford to spend any time on other companies once you've once you've agreed to participate in in, in this pact, this fiduciary trust that you have with institutional investors as CEO. And so, Under Armour brought on a president COO back in July, and you'd hope that once this person sort of cycles through several quarters, a full year, you promote the COO to the CEO slot and you plank become chairman and now you don't have the same operating responsibilities and now you could start to ramp up these these efforts. Uh, Larry Ellison at, at Oracle, Oracle's founder, former CEO. He has two co-CEOs. He hasn't been CEO maybe 2010. I don't remember exactly when he gave the title up off the, off the top of my head. Excuse me, but he's been chairman for some time. And he's another one who had interest with America's Cup and some other things outside of his CEO role while CEO. And you look at, not that Oracle's been a failure. They've done well. But they've missed some opportunities. You know, Salesforce came out of the blue with their cloud offering in the CRM space. 
basically created that space and today dominate that space. Now you could argue that uh, Salesforce.com should, should never have happened. That Oracle should have led that charge. You have Workday, which was the cloud version of PeopleSoft, founded by PeopleSoft's founders. Oracle acquired PeopleSoft. You would think that Oracle should have created Workday. Uh, Oracle hasn't exactly led the pack in AI or machine learning, even though they were well positioned to do so. And so these are things where, particularly in the technology space, where the one advantage these large companies have is a balance sheet. And you have the luxury to allocate capital toward innovation. And that's the one thing, speaking from experience, when you're a startup, if you're not well capitalized, it, it's tough to drive innovation. Even if you're a startup that's done your Series B, C, D round, and you've got you know $100 million on the balance sheet, whatever you have, when, you, when you're competing against companies that throw a couple billion dollars in free cash flow or more, those large companies have a distinct advantage. And all too often, they don't step on the accelerator hard enough to drive innovation. And one of the reasons why that's the case is sometimes you get distracted founder CEOs who've made their money. Money's not really a, a concern after a certain point. They've, they've made a few hundred million, a couple billion more than they could, they could ever spend unless they wanted to go out and start a private equity fund and start acquiring companies outside of the, the business they run. But they've made their money and they take their eye off the ball a little bit and they look for other things to to, to, to spark interest. And when that happens... I think you have an obligation as CEO to promote yourself to chairman or hold on to the chairman title only and uh, give the CEO chair to somebody else in the organization, which then leads to the subject of succession planning. And succession planning will be a, a topic for another day. Be well. Oh, oh, oh.